Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Hello and welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. And it is cold somewhere in Alaska where I am today. Hey, Scott, I noticed that we're up to over 41,000 uh, listeners of our, of our podcast since we started last year. And I just want to thank you for making this a top rated podcast. I know that we've got we've had over 100, maybe 110, 15, 20 uh, ratings, uh, actual written comments and that our rating is very, very high. So thanks to everybody who gets on there and, and gives us a, a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And I know that we're getting over 3,000 listeners a week. So that's really great news. If you want to help Must Read Alaska keep the freedom-loving and tyranny-crushing vibe going here in Alaska, help us bring conservative news by hitting that donate button on the right side of the page at mustreadalaska.com. I'm Suzanne Downing, our co-host. John Quick is here from the kingdom of the Kenai. John, you've been working on some Must Read Alaska swag for Christmas. In, it's all in the swag shop at Must Read Alaska. Why don't you tell people about those shot glasses you just posted? Yeah, so thanks so much, Suzanne. John Quick here uh, from the great place of the Kenai Peninsula. And it is about two degrees here. It's very cold. And uh, we at Must Read Alaska, we want to keep your stocking stuffed with the latest and greatest swag. So as of this morning, or as of actually yesterday, we introduced about five new products to our Must Read Alaska store. And you can just go to mustreadalaska.com and you go on the drop down menu and click on shop and you can't miss it. Some of these are a Let's Go Brandon shot glass. You're going to need this as you bring in the new year. You might as well take a shot out of a Let's Go Brandon shot glass. We got a Let's Go Brandon scented candle, people. We got Let's Go Brandon wrapping paper so that you can wrap all of your gifts to your either conservative or liberal family members. And you can annoy your, your liberal family members and, and <laughs> by giving them let's go Brandon wrapping paper. Uh-huh. Pretty awesome. And then the Crescendo, which is actually a really cool product, is a let's go Brandon wireless earbuds for your Android or iPhone. Uh, pretty high quality stuff. And, uh, you know, just, we're just living the dream on the Kenai Peninsula. We just, you just actually put out an article, Suzanne, about one of our awesome nurse practitioners here on the peninsula. Her name is Kirsten Giesler. And um, sh she's out there uh, doing some awesome work in terms of prevention of COVID. And uh, she's got some facts and data that she kind of just released publicly on her Facebook. And so for those, are, for those of you that are interested on actual facts and data as it relates to somebody who uh, thinks about uh, COVID in terms of there is ways to prevent it. And uh, we got that on our, on our uh, Must Read Alaska site right now. You should go right there and check it out. Right. So that's uh, Kirsten Giesler. She's a nurse practitioner who has prescribing authority. And I know she's prescribing ivermectin for early treatment of, of COVID. And I guess we have to be careful about saying that word or we'll get canceled. So we just say the I word. And she also has a, a protocol involving a lot of vitamin D, a lot of vitamin D, and a lot of zinc, and, and really 
just amping up everybody's nutrition levels. She really recommends that people get off the standard American diet and get onto a diet that is going to really support their immune system. And it makes a lot of sense. And then what we've got is a story that lays out all the people that she's seen in the past four weeks, how many of them were COVID patients, how many of them were early stage, how many were late stage. She's not lost a patient yet. And so that's good news. And I know the same is true for Ilona Farr in, um, in Anchorage. The only patient she lost was the one that got to her too late. And so we have a lot of people uh, starting to look at these early treatment protocols and, and it gives you some hope that there may be something to it. Uh, I, I recommend that story to everybody. So uh, yeah, and, and in addition to all that great swag you mentioned, John, I just uh, I wanna mention that, uh, that those scented candles have been flying off the shelf. Those let's go Brandon scented candles that cracks me up. Who would ever thought that anybody would buy those? those I, you know, I thought you were just kidding when you put those out there, but man, I think we sold 20 of them this morning. And um, they're in vanilla and cinnamon. I've got that question. So I'm answering it for the listeners. They're in either vanilla or cinnamon. So I don't know if you like that kind of stuff, get both. It'll probably smell really good in your house and it'll crack up your friends. We have a great guest with us on the sh for the show today. I am so happy to welcome Wynn Greening to the show. Wynn writes a month, uh, twice a month at Must Read Alaska. He writes columns at, out of Juneau where he lives. He's a personal friend of mine. He's lived in Juneau for his whole life, born and raised. And he's one of our senior contributors. And he's kind of a reasonable conservative. He's the kind of go, guy who has not got his hair on fire about stuff. He tries to take the reasonable point of view. He is serving as a board member of the Alaska Policy Forum, which is a, a conservative think tank here in Anchorage. And Wynn, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Suzanne. What a nice introduction. Yes, yes. Just send me, send me, send me the bill. So, you know, I just was so taken by the column that you wrote this Friday about uh, the Juno mail-in election. And I wanted to focus a lot of our talk today on what happened in Juneau. Um, it, they, they had the municipal election on October 2nd, was it? First Tuesday, I think. First Tuesday in, in October, it's like 2nd or the 5th. And for the second year in a row, the um, assembly in Juneau decided to go all mail-in ballot and just make it a permanent all mail-in ballot situation there in Juneau. And you wrote about this and it was pretty shocking um, how many people were robbed of their right to vote. So tell us a little bit about uh, the, the ballots that were received but not counted. Um, okay, I, I'd be happy to do that. Let me just start though by saying First of all, that I've never been a fan of uh, vote by mail, you know, prior to this. Um, I obviously, like many people, occasionally used absentee voting because I was traveling or, you know, I had some reason that I couldn't uh, make it to my precinct to vote in person. But voters out there shouldn't confuse absentee voting with universal vote by mail voting, which is what we're talking about right now. Um, that's the system where every registered voter on the voter rolls uh, gets a ballot sent to them in the mail, whether they request it or not, which is the way absentee voting works. You, you have to request the ballot to get it. As Correct. it turns out, and I'm sure Anchorage voters know this as well because their system preceded ours in Juneau and, and we in fact essentially copied their system. Our, our system is very similar to Anchorage's. And uh, it's presented some problems, and you just pointed out one of the one of the problems that occurred is that a great number, uh, a highly significant number, of votes were uh, invalidated for various reasons. Um, in fact, 
8% of the votes in the Juneau election were invalidated. Half of those were invalidated because they weren't postmarked properly or at all by the US Post Office. That's a stunning number. I mean, it, uh, and, and, and your column lays it out, and I recommend people go to mustreadalaska.com and check this out. So you had 652 ballots that were received but not counted. Correct. And of those, over half, 357 uh, ballots uh, were thrown out because the post office did not put a cancellation on the envelope on the stamp. So when they got to Anchorage, where they were going to be counted, the, the city clerk here couldn't tell when they'd been mailed. She didn't know if they made the deadline. Right. And they were um, obviously, those are the ballots that were received after the election deadline, but weren't postmarked. If the, if the ballot had been received before the election deadline and not postmarked, that would have been one thing. But these were received after. And of course, we know what's happening at the post office. Their, um, their guarantee of uh, mail delivery now is, as you know, is, has been degraded um, significantly over the last year. They've announced now that they can't get mail uh, out in a timely fashion as, uh, as well as they used to. And so- Exactly, in fact, in fact, just to, to add to that, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the post office announced that it was moving its delivery, uh, expected delivery date from three days to five days or from two days to five days. So they've really, they've really downgraded when they can say you can, they don't guarantee it unless you go, go in and get a, a certified type letter out but, uh, or you know, priority mail. But for average first-class mail, it used to be uh, a three-day standard and they've, they've moved it to a five-day standard. So they, they don't even expect to be able to get it until five days and it might not make it until seven or 10 days. That's right. And here's the ironic thing. I mean, um, first of all, the whole reason behind, at least in Juno, the reason provided for going to the system is one, that it was supposed to provide uh, a higher voter turnout. And secondly, and we can talk about that in a minute, but the point I wanted to make was it was supposed to be more convenient. But, but what we're finding out is people don't trust the postal system. So they're getting in their cars and driving to the post office and walking in, standing in line in the post office to get their ballot hand canceled. Well, that's hardly convenient um, when you think about um, just being able to walk in and vote your ballot, watch it go through a scanner like you used to do in the in-person voting and right. that's all very transparent and uh and convenient any mistakes or uh problems with the voting would be caught right there that's not the case with vote by mail so so they, they can also go in juno they can go and drop it in a drop box like they can here in anchorage is that correct that's true there were uh two drop boxes i think just there weren't very many uh, but you're still talking about someone's got to pick them up. Um, they're going to transport them somewhere. That again is, you know, putting another factor in the system where something somebody could drop the the ballot on the street as they're transferring it. I mean, every time you handle a ballot, you're increasing the chances of a mistake being made. And that's whether it's being handled by the post office or whether it's being handled by election workers. And that's really true because a few years ago, it wasn't that long ago that here in the Anchorage election, they found in a, in a closet, like 
a big box of ballots. There were a thousand ballots in there. It was a huge number of ballots. It was after they had already announced the, the count and it was certified and they find another another box of ballots that just happened to be in a closet. How to get in the closet. So you're right. Every time you have a, a, a custody of a ballot that changes hands and you have this real chain of custody problem, I assume that what they're doing is they gather those drop boxes, those drop box ballots up and they put them in some sort of a shipping container and then fly them up to Anchorage. And then they have to unload those and then get them down to the election central in Ship Creek, which is a big warehouse. And then they, they deliver them there. And of course, this all happened at the same time that the, the clerk was trying to, to manage the Anchorage election as well, because there was a, a special uh, recall election going on at about the same time. A little, a little busy right then, so bad things could happen. So, when I got a question for you, so sure. to kind of put into layman's terms for folks that are listening, is it fair to say there's people in Juno that voted, and their vote did not count? Uh, yes, that's that's more than fair. There's 652 people who voted and didn't get their ballot uh, counted at all. And then, are these people being, you know, is the clerk? You know, I think people like to assume the good in people and they would assume if there's something wrong with their ballot, somebody's going to call them and let them know is, is anything being done for the folks, you know, are they getting phone calls or followed up with if their ballot isn't, uh, you know, have the right postmark or a, a wrong signature or anything like that from the city of Borough Juno? Well, this, first of all, the 652 votes we're talking about um, obviously were not cured. There were more than that that were rejected, but uh, those were any any others other than the 652 were cured. Yeah. I don't. They didn't announce how many actually were rejected. These are the ones who didn't make it through the curing process. One of the interesting things about the postmark situation is there apparently is no way to cure those. They won't take your word for it that you mailed it, um, and so they made no attempt to contact these people. Uh, after they received them, even though they knew they, they hadn't been postmarked. These people but, received but, a letter in the mail uh, last week, which is uh, almost a month, uh, over a month after the election. That's when they found out their vote wasn't counted. But when I have a question for you on that, it seems to me that when the, um, when the Alaska general election takes place, a statewide election takes place, if somebody has a uh, an absentee ballot. What they do is they they vote their ballot. They put it in the, the they put it in the envelope. They sign it and date it. Shouldn't that date on it be what's accepted? Rather, if there's no if there's no cancellation, they, they obviously received it in the mail. Yes. Uh, they, they, they yeah, but no. That's a good question, and we asked that question of the Division of Elections, um, and their answer was they take the date on the ballot as evidence that it was mailed on time. Apparently, Juno won't do that. So, I, so I the state does that, that but Juno won't. Correct. Or, it is it the, uh, or is it the managers at the, um, the, the, the city clerk's office here in Anchorage that won't? Well, I would think that since it's, since it's our election, we should be able to determine what a valid vote is. I wonder who set those rules. It's really, really fascinating. Well, you, you mentioned that Mayor Beth Weldon in a, in a radio interview said that, you know, these, these 
vote by mail elections are more expensive. And in your column, and I recommend people go and take a look at this at mustreadalaska.com, it's 400,000 more per year than in-person elections. And how many people voted? Uh, approximately 8,000 people voted. Uh, I will say that uh, I did contact the mayor about her comment regarding 400,000. And she subsequently clarified that number and says it's quite a bit lower than that. But it still is approximately four times what a conventional election costs. So the, the cost is still there. And you got to ask yourself why we're spending this kind of money when there apparently is, first of all, it's not that convenient. Second of all, uh, the voter turnout that they claim was going to occur when they went to vote by mail never occurred. In fact, voter turnout in this election, the most recent one was 28% below last year's election. So I can't, there, there's no way to, to make the claim that voter turnout has increased because of vote by mail. So you said there were 13,000 approximate ballots that were cast, is that what you said? No, 8,000. Oh, 8,000, oh, yeah. okay. They mailed oh. out, they mailed out uh, almost 28,000 ballots. So that's a lot of ballots that ended up in waste baskets, garbage cans, and um, recycled bins and post office lobbies. Uh, um, you kind of wonder what happened to all those ballots. I mean, well, yeah, it's you a do wonder. In the system, that that's true. Matter. And I heard, I heard from some Juno people, people that I know who uh, mailed their ballots in and and didn't get them counted. So I, it's not that it's some vague ballots that didn't get counted. These are actual real people that I know personally, people I've known for a long time. But if you have four hundred thousand dollars more um, for an election, then in per than if you do it in person. I just did the math on that. That's $50 more per ballot that got voted. You know, that, if for, and that is a huge number. So in addition to whatever it costs already, maybe it costs $50 a ballot just to do an election. I don't know the answer okay. to that. Okay, uh, Suzanne, just in the interest of accuracy, I wanna make sure you, uh, if this gets recorded, the $400,000 figure has been walked back. Um, the mayor says it wasn't that much. So she says she misspoke and mm, the number's see. less than half that. So but nevertheless, it is a significant increase over what it costs for a conventional election. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, what is going on in Juneau now is they are going to, they're going to do this permanently. So they have to have a building, a building that I presume is going to be used once a year or twice a year to uh, to operate elections out of it who knows what it'll be used for the rest of the time but it'll have maintenance issues with it and they are going to spend seven hundred thousand dollars for uh, equipment and building renovations so that they can count their own uh, you know, ballots in, in that building and run these mail-in elections seven hundred thousand that's the starting cost right that's right that's their estimate of what they think it's going to cost now have you ever seen a city no. project ever you know completed on time on, uh, on time and under budget doesn't and under budget yeah no i don't i don't think that's going to happen uh there's a six month lead time on ordering these the machines and the equipment that's required um hopefully it'll all be done in time and you know our elections are going to go off without a hitch but uh experience tells us that that's 
you know, maybe not going to be the case. So uh, it sounds like it costs more and it's less efficient when, in your opinion, why on God's green earth would the other team want mail-in ballot elections? Well, this is part of the narrative uh, on the left that uh, all these election reforms, whether it's, um, you know, ranked choice voting, which we're going to experience next year in general elections, voter ID, or, you know, vote by mail, all these things uh, they claim are going to somehow increase voter turnout. But the evidence shows that that's not the case. And so I don't think we should be jumping all over these. The time and tested uh, kinds of elections that we've had in the past, where you walk in, hand your completed ballot to someone who runs it through a scanner, that is the most effective and transparent way of registering your vote. And um, I don't understand why we want to make it more complicated, less convenient, and open it up to all kinds of vulnerabilities in terms of possible um, uh, ballot manipulation or even outright corruption or fraud. Yeah, that's really interesting because, uh, of course, in in Juno, you don't you're not seeing the voter turnout that was promised, and yet the assembly and your city manager Roy Watt is saying we're convinced that vote by mail is a good long term decision. So now coming up to next year when we have this ranked choice voting and then we have vote by mail, we're we're interjecting a lot of uncertainty into the election system that is already under a great deal of criticism by people. So last week, or we asked people what the big story of the year was. Was it voter integrity? Was it the Afghanistan debacle? Was it COVID? And far and away, readers said that it was the voter integrity. That's what they're most concerned about. And, said, and, and yet, as we go into the next election cycle, we're gonna have so many moving parts and if there's going to be a public that is already distrusting the election system here in Anchorage, a lot of distrust about what happens once people get their ballots in. We saw the same thing, which is people didn't get their ballots counted by the time they got their letter to cure it. They were out of town. They couldn't cure their ballots because they had left town on a trip. And if you're not sitting there waiting for your for the letter from the clerk and you're sitting by the mail by the mail slot waiting for that to drop through. I mean, people have busy lives. They want to go vote and they want to move on. And with the, at least with the uh, absentee election, you can, you can order your ballot, fill it out and send it in. And then it becomes a question ballot, but, but it, it does get counted. After all the other ballots, it gets counted. So in, in spite of this, uh, they're, they think they're going to do this. They just think that um, it drives turnout and they think it's more convenient. And yet, what you're saying is that this, there's just nothing, nothing convenient about it when you don't know. I mean, that's a pretty high percentage uh, of 600 out of 8,000 ballots, a huge percentage. What percentage yeah. you, you decided that was? 8%. 8%. And here's, and just to, just to piggyback on your last comment, uh, Suzanne, I use the word irony a lot in reference to this um, initiative because voter um, distrust of the system and the lack of um, trust in, the, in our elections is actually going to drive voter turnout down. So what they're doing, in fact, is the exact opposite of what they said they're going to do, which is increase voter turnout. 
Yeah. And you're saying that in 2021, over 18,000 ballots were not returned. And of those that were returned, 8% were not counted because they, you know, something was wrong with them. And so, and, uh, and not counted and unable to cure. So, and then half of those, so 4% approximately, maybe a little higher than 4%, simply were not counted because the post office didn't, it ran it through the counting, the, the cancellation machine, or it just dumped them all in there and said, move these up to Anchorage, and they never put a cancellation on it. See, this to me is a scandal. It is. And as long as we're going to rely on third party, third parties like the U.S. Post Office to be part of our election system, we're going to run into these problems. It's not going to go away. Well, especially because you don't know if you, if you put your ballot in the mailbox and then put the flag up and in some places like in Juneau, that's that's one way you get your your ballot your mail out there. You just put the flag up at your at your uh, at your post at your mailbox outside your house, and so you don't know who's running the truck, who's collecting that mail, and what their intentions might be with it. It's not this is not a chain of custody safe issue at all. No, so it isn't. I, you're exposing it to all sorts of you know possibilities in terms of where it could end up. And we've seen that in other states. We've actually seen uh, mail-in ballots end up in ditches and things like that. So, you know, from certain neighborhoods, if you know that the people in that neighborhood are conservative, and if you're a, um, a card-carrying liberal postal carrier of some sort, you, you know, you might decide to take things into your own hands and there's nobody watching you. So interesting column. I recommend that people read it. Uh, is there anything else about this particular issue that you want to make sure that we we talk about um i'm just i'm just happy you uh, asked me to be on the show suzanne i think this is something that people really need to be aware of and uh, and follow i don't think it um is something that can't be reversed the assembly still has the ability to um, make changes to their decision to, to go ahead with this if not cancel it outright at least make changes to it that uh, will make it more secure and um, and more palatable. Well, now John will remember this. Uh, a couple of years ago, the assembly down on the Kenai voted to go to vote by mail exclusively. And the public was absolutely beside themselves. They were so unhappy with that. Before the next election, the public put a, a voter initiative on the ballot and voted it down. And so, if you had the will in Juno to do that, um, that would be an option is just to take it as a ballot measure, um, get a petition, get enough people to sign it and then make them reverse that. I know Juno, you know Juno, that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, I'm not sure that's gonna happen. But it did happen on the Kenai, the, the public took it in their own hands. And really here in Anchorage with this vote by mail, we, we saw so many things that were very similar to that. And I think that a ballot measure could probably pass if somebody had the time and wherewithal and um, and the resources to actually go down and, and get a, a petition going. It's just, uh, there's just lots of battles to fight and nobody's quite ready to fight that one. So I really appreciate you being on the show, Win. It is always really good to hear from Juno and I and thank you for taking the time to be with us today to talk about this super important topic. Please everybody go and read Win Greening's column on uh, the, the ballots that didn't get counted in the Juno election. It is a warning to the rest of the state about what happens when you go to this mail-in only election system 
and what the worst case scenario can really be. So for the rest of the week, everybody, I hope you just sign up for the Must Read Alaska newsletter. You know, it goes out three times a week and it'll get you all caught up with everything you might've missed in the past 48 hours. Just drop your email in the box there at mustreadalaska.com. And Scott Levesque, I wanna thank you for being the producer on our show and you have a show coming up tomorrow and I can't wait to hear it myself. I, and then also on Wednesday, then I will join you on Thursday. We'll be back as a, as a team on Thursday to put out the Thursday podcast. So if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, everybody, thank you so much. It makes it possible for us to stand up for what's right in this state and to fight what's wrong. And it allows us to stay independent and thoughtful. And if you're um, all done with the liberal news media, hey, thanks for being with us. Until next week, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Alaska.